Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verse 1. Mark chapter 4, <clears throat> pardon me, and verse 1. And they began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. The whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things. Wouldn't you just love to have been there? He taught them many things. I wonder what else he said. The mind boggles, doesn't it? He taught them many things. They're blessed ears. He taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up, and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now let your eye run down to verse 14. He now explains the parable unto those who are near him. Verse 14, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure, but for a time afterward, when affliction and persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your spirit, Thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. Help this man of clay lips to elevate, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. We pray, Father, that you would settle your people in their minds and in their hearts. 
Lord, that they would even be able to receive the word with gladness. Lord, that they would receive it and carry it and bear it, that fruit may grow forth from their lives. Father, we ask you, Lord, that while we're here and bowed in your presence, we do pray for those that are usually here but are sick this morning, unable to come. We'd love to be here. We especially think of Wendy Coleman. Lord, would you meet her at the point of her need? Lord, we know that you can do all things. And there's nothing too difficult for you. So we pray for the healing of her body in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Father, for Laverne, who would be here, but for these pains she's had. We pray, Lord, at this time you'll bless her. We pray for Claire, Lord, who's bad, Lord, with her, her hips at this time. We ask you, Lord, that you would reach her and touch her and bless her. And, Lord, there are many others. Lord, would you move upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, would you help them. May they hear something this morning. Lord, whether listening live or later. Lord, may they hear something in this place that will strengthen them, that hearts would be challenged. And Lord, we pray not only for the challenge, but for conviction. We pray, O God, that you would also rejoice our spirit. Lord, that we would find wellness, wholeness, the shalom, peace in Christ. We love you because you first loved us and we worship you because you are worthy of the praise and our adoration. In the name which is above every other name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come, we pray, and we ask these things and we'll always give you the thanks the praise, the honour and the glory. Amen. Be careful how you hear. That's the title. Be careful how you hear. We should always be careful what we hear, what we give our ear to, in other words. There's things we hear and it's in our ear before we know it. But we should always be careful what we hear. This morning we want to look at the title, Be Careful How You Hear. The Lord Jesus talks, uh, uh, tells a parable of the sower sowing the seed. And there's four parcels of ground representing the four types of heart that the seed may find. God willing, this morning we'll get there. But what we want to look at this morning is how we hear it. You know, when we look at the interpretation of the parable from verse 14, just briefly let's look at it. The sower soweth the word. So the seed here is the word. In another parable, the seed are the children of the kingdom. But in this parable, the seed is the word of God. And the sower soweth the seed. Verse 15, and these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard. You hear, when they have heard. Be careful how you hear. And it says it again in verse 16. On the stony ground, it says, 
when they have heard the word. It says it again in verse 18 of the among thorns. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And then, of course, the good ground is in verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, notice, and receive it. Such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold. So everyone here, every parcel of ground received the seed. Every parcel of ground or every heart in some degree has heard the word. Now we always look at it that there are those in a meeting who will hear and they won't be saved and they'll go out because they don't receive the word. And listen, that's fine and that's, that's true. The different parcels of ground then would be the, the, the wayside hearer and the, the, the stony ground hearer who maybe does for a bit and then doesn't do in the things of God. And that's an application. That's, that's true. Then there is the, the thorns or among thorns that there's those who are doing well and they're going on with God. But the curse of this world or the curse of this life. Glenn prayed it this morning during his prayer and I was glad to hear that just confirming what this message was for you this morning. And the cares of life choke the word. They don't choke the man. They don't choke the woman. They choke the word. And what happens is the word is choked and there's no life in there. There's no understanding. And all we can see is the cares of the world. And notice then on the good ground, there are those that hear and receive the word and bring forth fruit. We want to go right back to the beginning. What happens that man and woman's heart is like this? Because it's not just about people coming in and they're say, they're, they hear the word and they go out unsaved. That's true. Or they come in and they hear a little and they do well for a while. That's true. But what about the believer? Sometimes our heart is like all four parcels of ground. Sometimes you can be sitting here, believer, under the sound of the word, maybe week in and week out, and your heart may be like the four parcels of ground at some point in time of your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go right to the very beginning, not of our parable, but of why our hearts are like this. Will you turn with me, please, to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And we're going to find here, I have mentioned this before, but this is important for where we're going to bring our message this morning. Romans chapter 5, please. And let's just lift out one verse, verse 19. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Notice, one man's disobedience. That's Adam. That's Father Adam. His disobedience brought our disobedience. His sin became our sin. His fall became our fall. His death became our death. But because of the obedience of one who is the Lord Jesus Christ, 
His righteousness becomes our righteousness. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. His life becomes our life. And so when we look at this, we see the two from polar opposites to each other. Disobedience in Adam brought all that happens to us. Obedience in Christ is when we are walking with him in the blessing in Christ. Eternal life, abundant life, and the blessings that he brings. Notice, we want to look at this word, first of all. It's the word for disobedience. It's the word para akeo. Para akeo. Now you don't need to remember that. I do it because it helps me when I'm remembering it in other meetings. It comes from two words, para and akuo. Para as in paraclete. That's what you call the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. It means one who comes along or is called alongside to help. That's the Holy Spirit. So parable. A parable is that which is thrown down alongside. So he tells the story of the parable and he throws it down alongside to make a comparison with the truth that's in the parable. Parable, paraclete. Here, para alongside of akuo means to hear. To hear. The idea of this is Paul has taken us back to the Garden of Eden when the, the voice of the Lord was heard coming through the garden. And Adam had fellowship with the Lord in the Garden of Eden. And it gives the idea that Adam was having fellowship but not listening to the word. I want you to get this, believer. Adam was having fellowship. This is before the sin. Adam was having fellowship but not listening to the word. It gives the idea, parakul or parakeo means to hear amiss. To hear amiss. It means, gives the idea of an unwilling listener. It means to neglect what one has heard. I wonder how many of us as believers, forget the unsaved, hear the word, hear amiss, neglect what has been said. What God has told us in that meeting, what God has said to us through that word. I wonder how many of us are like that, like the wayside hearer. We hear and we go out and Satan comes to take the word. Because you're all ready to go. You're all, yes, I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. Lord, you've spoken to me. I'm going to give it over. Lord, you've told me to leave this down and to pick this up and to go and do X, Y, Z. And you know God has been dealing with you about your walk with him or whatever. And what happens? Yes, the word, you hear it, but you hear it amiss. And by the time you get out and get home and you have your dinner, everything is forgotten. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Adam was hearing amiss. Of all the trees of the garden, they must freely eat thereof. But the tree in the midst of the garden of good and evil. Thou shalt not eatest thereof, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And we're told that Adam then died 
That is, he was separated from the presence of God. That death came, spiritual death came. Then later, the physical death came. Because he didn't die on that day, isn't that right? It was the physical death came later. The spiritual death happened automatically because of the sin, because of the disobedience. Sometimes hindrances are through our own lives because of ourselves. Sometimes hindrances come through our own lives because of ourselves. We allow things to take the word out. We allow things to rob us of the word of God. The devil loves to come and take it from you. Words of faith. God's built you up. God's promised you. God's told you and you've allowed the fowls of the air to come, that old serpent, the devil, called the devil and Satan to come and he takes the word that was sown in out of your heart and it seems to die. Here we have the word here, for by one man's disobedience, paracou, it gives the idea like this, God comes alongside in fellowship and speaks to Adam in his ear. And Adam hears a miss. It means Adam was failing to listen when God was speaking. I'm going to say it again. Adam was failing to listen when God was speaking. And many of us have failed to listen when God has spoken. When God has spoken. So by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. The word here is hupakeo. Hupa, the old one's para, this one's hupakeo. Hupo gives the idea to come up and underneath. Some of you men in the building trade, Johnny down the back there, they all know, you know, when you're taking a, a, a supporting wall away, you need something to support it up. Isn't that right, Johnny? You need something underneath it to lift it up. This is the idea of hoopo, to come underneath and to lift up. To come underneath and to uphold. To come underneath and lift up. And it gives the idea that the Lord Jesus Christ, he was an attentive hearer to his father. He was submissive to his father's word. And he would comply to his father's will. It gives the idea he came and upheld every jot and tittle of the word of God. Can you see it now? He heard from his father, and so he done. And so the idea of this is, and there's good ground, isn't it? Bringing forth 30, 60, 100 fold. And the idea of this is, is that Jesus heard, not a miss, but he heard, he received of his father, And he did his father's will according to his father's word. And he finished his father's work. He finished his father's work. So Paul is saying, and all of us who are in Christ, all of us who are in Christ, who are trusting in Christ alone, his finished work on the cross, uh, then we are as he is. We are as he is. So Adam's disobedience, he was failing to listen when God had spoken. Jesus' obedience, he listened, he heard, he complied, and he was submissive. 
Will you turn with me to James, please? The book of James now. James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. James says, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Let me, let me just pause for you here a minute. James says, be ye doers of the word. Remember, we hear at times. God speaks to us through his word. God tells us what he expects or what he will do. And we hear it. And when we go out, we forget it. Or the devil steals it. You know, sometimes you're, you've got the word in your heart. Sometimes you've, the word has dropped in you and you realize, Lord, I'm going to do this. This is going to change. I'm blessed because of this. And you get in and you get into your car park and you drive out of the car park and somebody cuts you off. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> the devil comes and takes the word out of your heart. Isn't that true? Comes and steals your joy. He steals what God has blessed you with. Now listen, if God has said that, that word still remains true. You just need to be able to receive that and come under that. To be a doer of that and to apply that. Listen, I and Pastor Aaron could preach to you uh, for, for years, week in, week out. And it's the word that changes you. It's not me. It's not him. It's the word that changes you. It's the word that carries you as you carry the word. Does that make sense? As you carry this word, no matter what's said to you, no matter what's done to you, no matter what comes against you, no matter who it is, the word is in you. And it's the word of God that changes you. And sometimes we say, Lord, change my circumstance. Sometimes we say, change my situation. But God sometimes says, no, I'm going to change you instead. And you'll deal with your circumstance better. And you'll be able to cope and overcome your situation that you find yourself in. So it's understanding that when you hear the word, it's not just when you're here and we're in church. We are the church. But it's not just when we are gathering together under his name that here is your blessing. No. Here is the word. No. It's in you to be carried by you. And you'll find it's what carries you. It's the word of God. Now notice what James says. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. If I started with this man, me, went up and down every single one right to the very end of Dave here. Every one of us. Every one of us deceives ourselves. Sometimes we try and excuse what God has told us. We try and excuse the word that's in us or what the Lord has challenged us with. And we try to excuse that we don't yield it to him or we don't give it over to him or we don't apply it and we don't do the word of God. And we deceive our own selves because we love to blanket out. Because receiving the word of God isn't always easy. People think if I had the word, no, 
sometimes God tells us things. Sometimes the Lord leads us to a place and we do not like it. It can be difficult. It can be hard. It's a dying to self. A dying to self. That Christ would live in us. And so sometimes we hear the word and we, we deceive our own selves. And look what James says here in verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word. Notice a hearer. And not a doer. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. Or a mirror. Or a mirror. You know when you get up this morning. And the first time you looked in that mirror after you got out of bed. I'm sure every one of you doesn't look like you're looking now. I know I certainly didn't. I thought I was like a hedgehog like this as I heard everywhere this morning when I got up. When you behold yourself, there you are. You see, your greatest enemy isn't really the world. Your greatest enemy isn't the world. And your greatest enemy isn't really the devil. You know who your greatest enemy is? Who is it? Yourself. Yourself, because you can shut the world out when you're here or at your home. You can shut it all out. The devil isn't omnipresent and you're under the blood of Christ, so you have victory over the devil. You should have victory over the world. Do you know where we need to get the victory more than anywhere else? The outlaw in the glass. The outlaw in the glass. I'm not point nine point protector. <laughs> the old man and the old woman, the, the man and the woman we see in the glass, we need to get over it. Because that's who your biggest foe is. There's your opponent. That's your greatest opponent, is yourself. And notice here he says, if any man, verse 23, be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a, unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So when you're looking in the mirror, when you walk away, we think that man's still in that mirror. That's where we leave him. That woman is still in that mirror. That's where we leave her. No, you are that man and you are that woman. It's just when its reflection is shown, we see who we are. And so the word of God is like a mirror, a glass to show us ourselves. The word of God is like the mirror. And we can read the word of God in the morning. Lord, you've spoken to me. And usually it's a blessing and you're feeling built up and do that. Sometimes the Lord challenges. Sometimes the Lord will challenge you. Sometimes the word will convict you. When we look at it, we see ourselves. What the word says to us. What the word says for us. What the word says about us. And we set it down and we close it over. And we go to our work or wherever we're doing. We take the children to school. Whatever we do, God stays there. The mirror's there. God stays there. But no. Wherever you are, that's you.
what the mirror of the word says, do this. Do this. And once we walk away and in faith doing what that mirror has shown us, what the mirror of the word of God has told us, we find the blessing, the change starts to come within us. Notice what James says, verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer. Would you say forgetful hearer? Forgetful. Would you say, Lord, I am sometimes a forgetful hearer. Lord, I am sometimes a forgetful hearer. But now, I will be a doer of the word. Notice, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be, what is the word? Blessed. Blessed. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Are you looking for the blessing? Do you want your home blessed? Do you want your marriage blessed? Do you want your... Your, your work blessed. You want your, even your finances blessed. And do what the word says. Even in the challenge of it. Even in the challenge of it. Do what the word says. And in this you'll be blessed. The word says it. The word might tell you to give everything up that you owe. Oh, don't be telling that. I've worked too hard. Well, what if the word says it? The Lord told me to do it one time. I don't need a new house. We're running a few months. And the Lord told me, give it up. Don't sell, give everything up. Give everything you own away. Give your car away. Give it all away. And I remember standing saying, up in a wee park, and I was standing praying, and I says, Lord, did you tell Alison? <laughs> That's true. Everything I owned. The Lord told us, don't sell it, give it away. And I went home and I was like, how am I going to tell her this? Because I knew it was off the Lord. I'd been seeking him about things for months and months. And the Lord was testing me and I gave it all away. I walked into the house, first of all, and I said, Alison, and there she was. Well, I'll not go through the whole story. But she says to me, Ken, I've been seeking the Lord and the Lord's told me something. I says, he's told me something too. You go first. <laughs> no, you go first now. He says, Lord's told me you have to give all this away, not to sell it, to give it away. She says, oh, he told me that too. On the same morning, at the same time. And listen, did we walk into blessing? No, we walked into two and a half years of terribleness. <laughs> of trial, of testing. We walked into two and a half years where we didn't know why we were blew up or stuffed, bored, punched or drilled. We didn't know what was coming or going in our lives. We had no idea what we were doing. For two and a half years, everything went wrong. 
And I remember crying and crying unto God, literally crying with tears. What is happening? My health went. My health went so bad that the hospitals were testing me for cancer. I go, Lord, what's happening here? The Lord turned it like this. Because of the blessing, he could entrust me with more. Because of the giving. God isn't going to give you, as it were, God isn't going to give you more, sister, to do in his kingdom if he can't trust you, as it were, that God can trust you with what you have now. And if you're not willing to hear the word and do it, he can't bring you any further on. He can't bring you deeper. Being a hearer and a doer is where we find our blessing according to James. Notice Romans chapter 2 and verse 13, please. Romans chapter 2, verse 13. Let your eye run down, please, to verse 12. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. In other words, what we have with the law of God, we will be judged by that according to whether they're in Christ or not here. Notice this here, verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. The moral law of God was never done away with. The moral law of God was never done away with. Christ kept it, but that doesn't mean to say we live how we like. Some of these weeks I'm going to do, I've taught on it before, but I'm going to, not here, but in another place, and I'm going to teach again. Salvation is by grace through faith. And so we believe that we're saved. We don't add anything to what Christ has done. Receiving him alone and what he's done. But do you know there's place and position in the kingdom which will go by your loss or reward as you stand before the bema seat of Christ? Do you know that? We'll all stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, not at the great white throne for judgment of unbelievers. We will stand at the bema seat It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And give an account of how we lived our lives according to the word. Do you know this? Well, Jesus will just cover it all in the blood and we'll forget everything. Yeah, you're right, he will. And he has. But he expects us to walk. To walk in righteousness. Living in a life of sin. We will give an account to him. Notice, for not the hearers of the law are just before God. In other words, we can hear the law and do nothing with it. That is, the, 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 the Christ has kept the law and we, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Of course we are. But the law is written in our hearts. And we walk in the spirit of the law. So we can't be just by just the hearing of it. But the doers of the law shall be justified just as if they'll never sinned. 
So in Christ, we will walk before God and we'll walk righteously before him. In John chapter 8, if you'll turn with me, please. John chapter 8, verse 47. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said out of his own mouth. He that is of God heareth God's words. Do you know what he's saying here? There are those who can't hear by the outer ear. They hear by this, but they can't hear with the inner ear or the heart. Notice, he that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. The enemies of the gospel. Here he's talking about the, the, the Jewish leaders here. The Jews, he says, you're not of God. And so you can't, not you won't, but you can't even hear God's words. But if you're of God, you will hear them. Have you heard God's words? Then you're God's. Have you heard what God said this morning? Has it rung with you? Has it rung true even if we don't like it or even if it challenges us? Has it rung true in our hearts? Then it's a proof you're God's. It's in your heart. Now what will we do this morning? Will we be like the wayside here who goes out and leaves this place and either the fowls of the air or Satan will look at these words another, another morning, maybe next Sunday morning and Satan takes the word from our heart. And we forget all about it and we have our, our dinner and you get your feet up and next thing you know you're punching out the Zeds as you're snoring away in the living room. And you get up and you say, oh, well, hopefully you'll come back at six o'clock or before. Maybe God's challenged you about that. Maybe God's challenged you. You haven't been faithful to his house. And you know it in your heart and head. Maybe that's your challenge this morning. Maybe he's challenged you about someone or something else that you have to go and, maybe you have to go and make peace with someone. Brother and sister, maybe, that you've been in, maybe, argument with or whatever. It could be things like that. It could be any of those things. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because you're not of God. So if you're hearing the word of God this morning, you belong to God. I don't mean, you well, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm talking about it. It, it resonates with you. It resonates with you. We could be out in the open air preaching. I remember one time, and I was up in Abbott's Cross in Newton Abbey, just outside Belfast there. And we used to do about four open hours a week. And I remember one day, it was a strange sort of a place, because you come up the main road, the Doak Road, and the Rathcool Estate's on the left, and Rush Park is on the right. And as you just finish off that, there's a, there's an area where cars can go up a big, long, looping area like this, like where cars can drive around, car parking, and there's these blocks of flats and shops underneath them. So we were out on this island between where the cars would drive around. 
It was a Saturday and there was quite a few people about. And we had the, the, the microphone on the stand and we had the, the speaker. And we had a preached week after week after week. Nothing. And they were, the people could hear the noise, but they weren't picking the word up. And I'll never forget one Saturday morning I was standing and I got up to, got up to preach. And again, just getting the gospel arrows and just firing them out, trying to stab somebody in the heart. And other guys were up and they were walking around the, the, the shop areas, giving people tracts, telling them about the Lord if they got conversations and so on. And this old man in his 90s, in his 90s at the time, I'm talking 20 plus years ago. But this old man in his 90s was walking along and I'm preaching away and I knew nothing about this. I'll tell you who it was. It was Pastor Johnny Brown was over at the shops. And this man came up to him and he says, see him pointed to me. How does he know me? How does he know me? Johnny says, I don't know. Do you know him? He says, no, he called my name. He says, no, he didn't. He's just preaching the gospel. He called my name and they told me about myself. How does he know me? And Johnny caught on. He says, no, no. He says, that's not him. That's the Holy Spirit of God. And that wee man stood with him, had a conversation with him, and he pointed him to Christ in his 90s. He was a hearer of the word. In his 90s. A hearer of the word. And yet there are all manner of people walking about who would have heard with the outer ear, but never dropped to the inner ear of the heart. Brothers and sisters, as I round this up, the Lord Jesus in the parable, Mark chapter 4, he's at the seaside. And he gets into a ship and he's sat on the sea in the ship. Here's something I always wondered. Do you remember when the disciples were up in Galilee and the storm came and they walked on the sea? Or he walked, pardon me, on the sea. Do you remember that? Why did Jesus get into a boat here and sit on the sea? Why not walk out onto the sea? That's the way my mind works. Why, why, why did you do that there? Why would you not just get up, Lord, and go and walk on the sea and stand in the sea and preach. Preach the kingdom unto them. Why would you not do that? I've often thought that. The only thing I can think of. And I've thought of this over the years. The Lord Jesus Christ was never a showman. And faith had to come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If they had seen him walking on the sea, where then were their faith? So he gets into a boat like you and I would have to, and he's pushed out into the sea. 
And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, hearken. You know what the word hearken is? Akul. As in parakul, hupakul, to hear. But it means hearken means hear and keep on hearing. Listen and keep on listening. That's the idea of it. In other words, when I tell you this, he says, don't you forget it. When I tell you this, no matter what happens, don't let it go. That means hear, keep on hearing, listen, and be listening. Nothing has been said to us from here on in. Brothers and sisters, I trust this morning something has been said to our hearts and we'll go home with it in our souls for the glory of God.